0: located because the Apostle Paul did kind of allude it. He said uh, he's kind, of, he's being withheld. He can only be revealed. Let's go back up and see what the Apostle Paul talks about um, pertaining to the person of the Antichrist. Verse um, two Thessalonians two, verse seven says. For the mystery of the lawless one is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed. And so there's something, someone, that is restraining the revelation of the Antichrist. Now a lot of people say, okay, well it's the church. When the church gets taken out of the earth, well then, uh, now the Antichrist can be revealed in the earth. And it's a nice uh, theory if you want to get out of the way before the, the Great Tribulation. So yes, go to that group, because that's the, way to get, that's the way you get out of the Great Tribulation. You say, okay, the church gets taken out, and so we not not... Res- currently, the church is restraining the lawless one from being revealed. But that's not the case at all. Um, we're not the one who's restraining the lawless one. He, when he comes onto the scene, he is the one who will uh, um, persecute the saints. He will make war with the saints. We've read that already. Um, and he'll overcome them for that 42-month period. So all the saints who want to get out of the way before the lawless one pitches, they opt out, oh, when we go, then he comes. Uh, but that's not the case. The church will be in the earth when the Antichrist is revealed. So where is he currently? Well, he's not on the earth. We know that. Um, Revelation 17.8 says, The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend from where out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition and those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names is not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is and so we see very clearly this person of the antichrist does exist he's already, um he is in in existence already For so the scripture says he was he is not and yet is where is he he will ascend out of the bottomless pit. So he's currently being held in the bottomless pit. That's where he's being restrained by an angelic being. The, the angel has the keys to the bottomless pit, one him out because God says no, he stays down there. And so he's, he's currently in existence. He's down there. He's not a man walking around uh, the pope. And he, he, he's a very powerful being. We're going to have a look at, at, at what his powers are. He's not a normal man. Because he's being held in the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is just another term for Hades, Shell, uh, the abyss, outer darkness, there's all these terms that are given to this place called the bottomless pit as well. And the Antichrist is being held there currently. Now the reason he's been held there currently is because as I say he's a very powerful being and that's where he's going to come from. So when the, the angel who has the key to the bottomless pit unlocks that and allows him out well that's when he will be revealed into the earth so it's got nothing to do with the church Uh, he comes out onto the earth while the church is on the earth so how did he get there how did this person of the antichrist land up in the bottomless pit because he's been there for thousands and thousands of years already he's alive he's not well he's in pretty much a place of of torment Um, he's waiting his time when god will allow him into the earth But how did he get down there, and where did he come from? Well, now we're going to have to go and look at the person of the Antichrist, because again, as I said, he's a very powerful being. Genesis, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 says, Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Verse 4. There were giants in, on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they brought children to them. Those were the mighty men who were all men of renown. And so we have an incident that occurred prior to the flood. In fact, just prior to the flood. Noah, the flood of Noah. Well, it wasn't Noah's flood, but the, the time of Noah, that flood occurred, and God destroyed everybody on the earth, except obviously the Noah and his family. But just prior to that, what had happened is that the sons of God in this passage of scripture is referring to angels. Angels out of Satan's realm, not God's angels. Well, they used to be God's angels. They then became um, anti-God when they rebelled against God with Satan. Um, And the daughters of men here is talking about women. Now, what had happened is that we had these grouping of angels. We don't know who they are. God obviously does. How many there are, we don't. The Jewish uh, tradition does kind of discuss it to some degree, but we don't uh, give any uh, credence to that because we just look at what the scripture says on the subject. But anyway, we have these angels. Now these angels rebelled even against Satan and his, his authority because Satan didn't sanction what these angels did. Had Satan sanctioned that, God would have held him accountable and he would have been able to be dealt with it as well. Uh, these angels rebelled even against Satan's authority. They decided to come down to the, to the earth and had intercourse with women, with men, uh, the daughters of men. From that came um, offspring. And the offspring would then be part angel, part man, hybrid beings. And the Bible talks about the giants in the earth afterwards when these, the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. These were mighty men involved. One of the, the the things we can see in mythology, Greek mythology specifically, is that's where this, this Zeus, uh, you know, the, the Greek gods come from, that are part men, part God. Um, all of these Greek mythology uh, people come out of that, it, the, because this is what happened. These angels came down to the earth, they uh, had intercourse with woman. they The woman bore offspring to them. And God had to judge that because we need to understand, angels are immortal. They cannot be killed. Even God himself cannot kill an angel because he made them immortal. Immortal means exactly that. They cannot die. And so they will all be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone alive because God can't kill them. So they will remain there um, in torment alive. Um, And so their offspring also become immortal because they're part angel, part part man. And so they can't be killed. Now, the Antichrist and the false prophet, now we don't know how how many children these angels spawned when they came to the earth at that time. But what we do know is God then judged them and he put them all in the bottom of the split and he locked them up. Jude speaks about it, Peter kind of speaks about it as well, but Jude is more descriptive in, about this incident. Jude chapter 1, verse 6 to 7 says, And the angels, who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in, in similar manner to these Having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So, what happened here is that um, Jude gives us insight into what happened. He says, It was angels. It went after strange flesh. Now, he he, he equates it to Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, if you go look at their historical, in in the Bible, they got into bestiality. Bestiality is humans having sexual intercourse with animals. And God says, no, that's not on. You can't do that. And so God judged Sodom and Gomorrah. But what happened here is you had angels having sexual intercourse with humans, paying after strange flesh. And so they left their proper domain. The angelic realm, and they came down, they left the boat and they came down and they did this uh, act of treason, kind of, and an abomination in God's eyes. Now, what God then did was he judged them, and so he took those angels and he cast them into the, the bottomless pit. Um, and they are in everlasting chains of darkness, waiting for their judgment. Now, he took those angels and he did that, but he also took their offspring. And the offspring, of their offspring, we have the Antichrist and the false prophet. Now, I don't know what the Springs names are there, uh, but that's how we know them to be. And so those two individuals are with those angels in the bottomless pit, being held in chains of darkness currently. When the time is right, God will then let the Antichrist out and the false prophet out. Now, they are part angel, part man. They cannot die. And if you go look at the judgment that they incur when God deals with them, they are, the, are cast alive into the lake of fire and brimstone. Now the reason they're cast alive, and they're the first two, by the way, that are cast into that lake. The reason they're cast in alive is because they're immortal. They cannot die. And so God can't kill them. Um, and so they also will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. So that's one of the reasons why God had to remove them from the earth and, and lock them up in the pit. Because had God left them on the earth, they would still be here today. Because they're immortal, they cannot die. And so everybody on the earth would say, okay, these two individuals are different (laughs) because they've been here for thousands and thousands of years and they just don't die. And uh, God can't allow that to happen. And so that kind of just gives us some insight as to who these two individuals are, the Antichrist and the False Prophet. We're not really dealing with the False Prophet today. We're looking at the person of the Antichrist. And so the Antichrist will begin his reign by coming to the earth and said the fourth kingdom will already be in place, but he will now take over the reign of the fourth kingdom. Daniel 8:23 and 25 talks about it. To some, in, to, in some uh, point, Scripture says, and in the latter time of their kingdom, now he's referring to the fourth kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Through his cunning he shall cause deceit to prosper uh, under his rule and he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without human needs. That's because our Lord Jesus himself will deal with the antichrist when he returns. So that's him coming into the earth and beginning his reign. He reigns for a period um, of a total of seven years. Um, Halfway through his reign, he then breaks covenant with Israel. I'm not going to get into that in any kind of depth, but then he goes into uh, his 42-month period where he then reigns. from the the city of Jerusalem and from the temple. Daniel 9.27 talks about the the midweek break that he makes. scripture says, And then he shall confirm a covenant with me for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even unto the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. And that's what our Lord is referring to, the abomination of desolation, standing where he ought not. So it's in the middle of the week that the Antichrist breaks his covenant with Israel, um, not going to get into any kind of depth, uh, and he invades Israel, and he then takes um, over the temple. And that's when the abomination, he brings an end to sacrifice and offering. The Jews can't use the temple anymore. He now takes over the temple. And that's when this uh, part of his reign takes place. Revelation 13, 1 to 10. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, um, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his ten horns ten crowns, and on his head a blasphemous, blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. The dragon there is talking about Satan. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon and gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like the beast, who is able to make war with him. And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and was given authority to continue for 42 months. There's a three and a half year period. Then he opened his mouth to blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted him to make war with the saints, that's the church, and to overcome them, and authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who, who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life, for the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads him to captivity shall go into captivity. He kills with the sword, must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. And so, The Antichrist um, will be a very powerful being. He will rule from the temple. Um, He is immortal. There will be an assassination uh, attempt made on his life and he'll just recover from that because he can't be killed. And he will then reign from the temple for 42 months. The church will be persecuted. The nation of Israel will be persecuted during that time. But at the end of that time, that's when the wrath of God will then be poured out on the earth. And we pick it up, well, I'm not going to touch on the wrath of God today, but in in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 9, um, Paul talking about the event, he says, For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you look at the last day events, what happened, the Antichrist will reign on the earth for 42 months. At the end of his uh, reign of 42 months, then and only then will the church be taken out, out of the earth. Let's just have a look at, uh, at an, an event that does end off the reign of the Antichrist. And that's in Revelation 11, 7 to 13. Scripture says, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottom was will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Here he's talking about the two witnesses, um, which is, we're not going to get into that in any kind of depth. These are two witnesses that will be in Israel at the time, and they will be uh, preaching the gospel during the reign of the Antichrist. They don't the earth at the same time that the Antichrist is reigning over the earth. The confrontation takes place at the end of their testimony, at the end of his reign. He kills these two individuals. Um, about, again, talks about him as the person who comes out of the bottomless, but he overcomes the, the two witnesses, he kills them. Uh, verse 8 And their dead, dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where his also our Lord was crucified. Obviously, that's Jerusalem. Then those from the people's tribes and tongues and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days, not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another, because these two prophets. Tormented those who dwelt in the earth. Now after the three and a half days the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard the loud voice from heaven, saying, Come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the in the earthquake seven thousand people were killed, and the rest were afraid, and gave glory to the God of heaven. And so, at the end of the reign of the Antichrist, at the end of the testimony of the two witnesses, there will be this confrontation that will take place in the city of Jerusalem between the two witnesses and the person of the Antichrist and the false prophet. The Antichrist will kill the two witnesses. They will be left in the in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. He won't let their body be buried, body sorry, be buried. The world will rejoice. Specifically, the fourth kingdom will rejoice over the fact that these two prophets have been killed. At the end of three and a half days, God says, okay, and he raises the two prophets, they will then ascend into heaven. At the same time, the church will then be caught out on the earth. It is at that time that the wrath of God will then begin to be poured out on the earth. And so while the church is now with our Lord, we meet him in the air, the wrath of God will be poured out on the earth for a period of three, uh, just short of three years. But... We're not going to get into that in any kind of depth today that then leads to the point of the first resurrection so the first resurrection takes place after the temple has been built after the lawless one has been made uh, known in the earth and begins his reign on the earth for 42 months at the end of that period the two witnesses will be killed by the antichrist when god raises them from the dead at the same time the church will then be taken out of the earth and it's at that time that the wrath of God will be poured out on the earth. But the first resurrection takes place at the end of the reign of the Antichrist, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord does not come to the earth straight away, he meets us in the air we meet with him, should we say, and we enter into judgment with the Lord. The church will then enter into her marriage with the the lamb, Uh, the marriage supper of the lamb will take place in heaven, and it is only after that that the church will then return to the earth with her bridegroom, our Lord Jesus Christ, to reign on the earth for a thousand years. But that is the events that lead to the first resurrection. We're going to end the teaching.